everybody welcome to the monday edition of dirt talk today i'm joined by my not typical co-host i'm joined by the vice president of build with excavating grading eric jumper monday 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 you on can, sunday you can follow eric jumper at eric jumper on instagram to see some pictures of garbage equipment um it's pretty much the same stuff aaron posts but recycled it's garbage either garbage equipment or old videos of beach nourishment from yeah. two two years ago <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot of the same if you see one or two you get the gist you can follow for a few days and then unfollow that's what most people do um if you can make it you should come down to louisiana it, it, it'll be cool yeah well i feel like it'd be unfair to go down there without you oh it's okay i don't own that content <laughs> I feel like you do. I feel like you 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 do own that entire I actually, market. I actually got upset when Awesome Earth Movers posted a few of them. <laughs> I was like, uh, you're getting awfully close to my territory, Watch bud. It, Chris. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> He's coming to the States. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I don't I don't care. I can go down. It's not like I have anything else to do. Yeah. I, my the majority of my schedule is just moving the skids to around Nashville now. So that, I'm Vice President of Building Excavating Grading. It's a real thing. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, that is sort of part of what I do now. Is... Mm -hmm. Well, uh, explain what we did this week. Um, with the vlog? No. No. What else did we do? Training with the services team. Oh, with that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So we did, we, we have the services team, which is about 20 people now. Yeah. So for those that don't know, the services team is an internal division of BuildWit that handles a lot of your typical marketing activities. Mm -hmm. So like recruiting, um, design, web development, um, other things that I don't, I don't understand at all. It's a lot of what we're known for. Yeah. So we're split in three, three divisions, services, software, media. Yep. Services is somewhat of the legacy business so that is the day-to-day -day marketing branding web development mm -hmm. all of that jazz for dirt world companies across the united states we do recruiting as well we're getting into consulting it's hands-on help for dirt world contractors to operate more effectively and to go out and attract the next generation we have the media business that's storytelling mm -hmm. um to, that does work for services does the storytelling for dirt world companies creates the training content and then is now we're getting into the vlog and entertainment, yep. which is going to be a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait there. And then we have our software business with BuildWit training that has, by the time people have listened to this, maybe launched. Oh, yeah, you're right. In April. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that overview of BuildWit. But yeah. yes. Um, Continue. Where was I going? Anyway, um, so services, uh, we've, we've split off so that we do... Um, some some internal team events, and we're at the point now where each division does its own event on top of our company wide gathering that we mm. do twice a year. Yeah. So services is in, in town this week. So part of their get together was we wanted to get them in the dirt for a couple hours. Um. So I came in Sunday. I moved the machine out to Thompson. Thompson Machinery was nice enough to loan us some machines. They have a little demo yard. Um, Dude, they. They hooked us up pretty good. They hooked us up. Every yep. every time I I was telling you as we were walking through their yard, I was telling you I'm so happy Thompson's our local dealer. Mm -hmm. 
because they're there's just there's no ego there's no there's no nonsense they're just there to help out however they can yep so i texted trace a friend of the podcast texted trace hey trace on this date can we have some machines to train our people up on they give us a d6 that's not a cheap machine. Yeah, like a like an actual D6. An actual D6, next yeah. gen, yeah. 336 excavator, 306. Yep. And yep. then, of course, we had the Moomoo yep. Earth Mover, yep. 259 D3. Yeah. So, um, made a little, made a little demo area, cleaned it up a little bit, spent a couple hours out there, spent eight hours out there, um, moving butt around. Oh, boohoo. Yeah. Had, you know, yeah, so many other things dirty. going on. Yeah. Um and. Yeah. Don't so hit, don't hit the table. So that was what we did this week. It was a fun time. Um, I don't think, but maybe five of them have ever run a machine before, and yeah. their time running a machine was with us. Mm-hmm. So essentially, an entire crew of unskilled operators out there running around. Just what's the what's, last? What's the point of doing that? Because when we've done it in the past, uh, miraculously, we get some criticism, like, "Oh, wow, you guys are playing yeah. dress up operator." Uh, Stay in your lane or I, whatever it is. I don't think of, we can win with the internet. Bunch of poopy pants people online. Yeah, if, you, if you ask anybody else why we do it, it's to piss everybody off. Um, but the goal is to expose our team to as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allows us to do that in a controlled environment. So, yeah, they can go jump in a machine and dig a hole, but with minimal um, repercussions to that. Yeah, it, it gives them... Just a different experience within the dirt world. And it gives them an appreciation for what operators do day to day. We're not training them up on how to be an effective operator out there. We're giving them the opportunity to have a great experience at work and to go take that experience and look at the the art form that is operating or the art form that is earth moving or whatever it is in a completely different manner, a totally different perspective. Right. And it it changes how people look at the industry once they run a machine. It's remarkable. 100%. Yeah. I was talking to AV about the other day. He's like, yeah, since I've come to work here, I'm like looking at excavators on the road and I'm trying to figure out like what the difference is between each one. Like I'm I'm taking them out on a trip next week, a content visit, and I'm, I'm lo- really looking forward to like teaching him more about the industry and things of that nature. Well, that's as an industry, we need to bring more people who've never been in the industry before, mm-hmm. people that aren't you, who didn't grow up with a dad in the industry, mm-hmm. and and expose them to this this industry and either get them working within the dirt world or just give them an appreciation for the dirt world. Right. As many people as we can do that for, the the better. And our business is an example of that. We've brought in a lot of people who have never once probably acknowledged the dirt world because they don't know it exists. Mm-hmm. We've brought them in here. And now they're, they're big fans of the industry. Right. Which is awesome. Yeah. Who did we have? We had um, this one woman came to the office for the open house. And I was talking to her and she's like, yeah, I sell real estate. I'm like, oh, so what's your relationship to like the industry? And she's like, no, just been following Aaron for years. Thought it was cool. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sick. Thanks That's for it. coming out. That's a win right and there. It's like how many of those people are out there that, you know, have an interest in it and were their connection to that world. Sure. So. The more relatable that we can be as a whole team, the better. Exactly. Which is what we're after. You know, one of our values, stay humble or be humbled. So uh, again, we're not sitting here acting like we're operators or you're an operator. I'm not an operator. I'm not an operator. Uh, you're, 
you can you can make your way around. Jay was it. making fun of me because I am I'm soft now. Uh, <laughs> so that's why you're trying to get out on sites yeah, so you don't yeah. go soft. Uh-huh. Huh? Yeah. Um, and because, I agree with them. I, I hate shuffling tracks now. <laughs> I don't I don't want to do anything anymore. <laughs> which, yeah. which is why you got Larry to use the power washer excavator yeah. today. Yeah, I called up Darren. I was like, "Hey, can we wash this thing off so I don't have to shuffle the tracks?" He's like, "Yeah, send it right over." Really? Yep. Does was it Larry in the machine? Yeah, the old dude? Yeah. 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 He's the man. He's very good at that. He's the man. Yeah. Didn't blow any paint off, didn't scratch the stickers. Really? Yep. Perfect. Dude. And then he'll like, I was like, he got the mud. So he starts in the bottom, works his way up. So he does all the heavy the stuff on the trip. Yeah. So what we're talking about here, if you go on my Instagram. Yeah, explain it. There's a Thompson machinery. So so most equipment dealers, when they bring machines in, before they can start working on them, they have to wash them off. Most guys will have like a super hot seat pressure washer mm-hmm. um, and it takes hours to wash like a D6 off. And it'll be some, and it's, it's physically harsh. It sucks. So it's one of the worst activities. You're, you're it's very standing, satisfying. It's very satisfying, but you're standing outside. Mm-hmm. So if it's hot, if it's cold, doesn't matter. You're holding a hose that's trying to knock you over. Yeah. It's not this low pressure deal. It's high pressure. Yeah. And you're getting sprayed with mud all day long yeah so it's pretty harsh it sucks yeah. so what thompson did and i'm sure there's other companies that have done this but i've only ever seen it at thompson yeah, i've only seen it there too. they took a 305 excavator might be a 305.5 and it's a 304.5 it's a weird it's a weird one it's a weird model so they took it almost looks like i was looking at it today it almost looks like they took a hammer the case of a hammer and made that system out of that mm-hmm so they took like a, a oh yeah I know what you're like saying. a like yeah. a like an uh, a breaker yeah and then they attached like a hose a, a hose line to the top of it mm-hmm. and it's got like an end on it like a pressure washer would and then they ran the line up the boom and they ran the boom the line uh down the back of the cab on the house yeah and then it's got like a little hanger that the hose follows around so basically it's like a little fire truck on wheels it's sweet. And they use that to hose the machines off and hose hose down equipment. And it they can do our skid steer in ten minutes. And the, the and the operator on it is is remarkably skilled. I've spent a lot of time with Larry the operator, and he is remarkably good at it. Yeah, remarkably. And good. Oh, so where I was going with that was that he um, I was I was watching. Him, I was like, oh, he's got like stuff all over the top of the cab. I was like, no biggie, I'll wash that off later. And then he starts to walk away, and I thought he was done. And I turn around and he's like, you know, when you like wash it, a car the right way, you like missed it mm-hmm. with the pressure washer to get the drip, to get it to drip right. He was like misting it from afar. So he didn't like blast the cab because the seals are bad on those things. Yeah. And if you hit it with a lot of pressure, it'll go right through the seals and yeah. get the cab all wet. So he was like 30, 40 feet away, just like gently dropping water on to get all the rest of the dirt off. I was like, that is that's fucking sick. My man. Yeah. Artwork. He is. He's on it. He was that's, so cool about it, too. That's another thing that I've put that on the internet. And people are like, oh, well, he can't just hold a hose. It's and you sit there. Yeah. If there's an easier, better way to do something, why do you need to do it the shittier way just to prove you're tougher? Well, yeah. How does that make any sense at all? Drives me how ass. is that? that th- there is zero wisdom in that. <laughs> so I was going to make a video about the other day and I was like, ah, I better not. But. The hydraulic ladders. I've been posting all the hydraulic ladder videos. Dude, they get people so fired up. And my the, operators are so lazy these days. Well, it's not even that. It's it's the um so 
the D9 one. So there's a D9 at Edwards that has a hydraulic ladder on it. Hydraulic ladders are becoming more popular because falling while climbing on, on and off of equipment is becoming like the number one hazard for an operator. It's the most common injury for an operator. My uncle, did I tell you my uncle just fell off a 349 a couple weeks ago? <sighs> fell, he was climbing up and he fell back. He was climbing the right way, but he slipped because it was icy. Fell right on his back, punctured a lung and broke three, three or four ribs. Damn. Yeah, he was in the hospital for a couple weeks. But hydraulic ladders, great. The mines love them. You can put them on a D6 now, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, the biggest, like the number one hate comment I see is, oh, they'll rip that off in a day. Oh, I've got those in my minds. They rip them off all the time. I've never seen one ripped off. Like if you are ripping them off, I'd love to know how because they squeeze into the frame of the machine. They yeah. fit within yeah. The confines of that machine silhouette. You have to be rubbing up against the high wall. I've never seen a dozer rubbing against something <laughs> at that height. Like I can see like like the push frame. And it fits. It's right, as, right alongside your fuel tank too. The back of the fuel tank. Yeah. So if you're, if you're messing with that, you're messing with some the, high dollar stuff. The only legitimate complaint I've seen about those is from like, I've seen a couple of mechanics comment like, oh yeah, those things kind of suck because the design of them, they break a lot. I'm like, okay, that's viable. That's fair. That's a legit complaint. What but I, telling me that you're ripping them off well, as, as a complaint against <laughs> the product is not, is not feasible <laughs> to me. I was so pissed off the other day when I saw that. The, uh, the one video that fired people up was the one where it was a D10 in the basket. And yeah. North American Coal has baskets on everything. Yeah. So every machine they have, it has a basket, a hydraulic basket. Which and, I think I kind of like the latter more, but. The baskets are cool too. I like the ladder more because the ladder just looks cooler. Yeah, it just looks more like it's supposed to be there. I can the climb baskets the ladder. Place. I can climb the ladder at my own pace. I don't have to wait for the damn basket to get there. <laughs> like well, a, I hate elevators, but, but so. the basket the basket is less work. It is a lot less work. So, um, and the basket stairs. is technically safer. Yeah, because you're not climbing anything. Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess. but they have it on all their machines, and all the guys love them. Yeah, because they're they sit there. I've been climbing in and out of machines, and when it's five degrees and everything's icy and it's snowing, right. you really want to climb into a D eleven like that? Are you kidding me? Or you can just climb into a basket, hit a button, get into the cab safely. Yeah, and be and it. Are you really that much tougher, or you know, burning that much more energy if you're climbing into a machine versus using a basket to get into the machine? Get the hell out of here. So that is something I've never considered. As long as I've been running machines until I came here and I picked up on it yesterday because I was watching people like, um, getting in and out of the dozer and Ben Dongera was like going to climb up the dozer and he's like, I don't know how to get up there. And I was like, you use this and you, he's like, oh, well that wasn't very apparent. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, you're, you're kind of right. Just don't trip. Yeah. Um, but if you have a ladder there, oh yeah, of course I use yeah. a ladder. Well, they have a ladder on them, but just, it's on the back. Yeah. And well, it's for like fueling. It's, it's for fueling and washing the window. And those actually get ripped off all the time. I've seen a yeah. few of those that are ripped off because they'll leave them hanging or the, and they'll back over them or back them into a wall or something. It's like the D6N, so the D5 now. Mm-hmm. D5? Yeah. Um, have you seen the little, instead of a ripper or anything, they have a little step on the back? Which I think is dumb because that's the hardest point to climb up the machine. Oh, you mean to like clean the window and stuff? Yeah, it's like, it's like at hitch level. I have seen that. And yeah. there's a dedicated 
step. Yeah, that to, fits to, into the back. Yeah, of the like, machine. You're, it's made. I think it's made to actually clean the window. It is. Yeah. Yes. It's not for climbing up into the and if the you cap from that angle. Well, and then which is fine, but then you get really wacky. Like in Australia, or I saw there was a city machine in California. They had to build scaffolding around the whole cab of a D6. Oh my god! So that someone could safely, without the potential of falling, <laughs> clean the back window. Well, it's like that thing, like the 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 18s. Yeah, my dad yeah. was running an 18 at Oceana once, and he sent me a picture from the cab, and it's got like catwalks in front of the door, and you can't see anything. I'm like, that is the dumbest. They already have bad <laughs> visibility to begin with. How do you? You have to have the the blade perfectly straight to actually see what you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise, you're looking through grates. I'm like, that's dumb. I feel like I saw something the other day where the visibility was a joke. I don't know where it was. Hmm. It was some other country. Yeah. But they fitted something around the window that there's just no visibility. <laughs> you have to sit there. You're like, isn't that making it less safe? So dumb. Uh, I, I'm not an expert. Yeah. But that that is reducing your visibility, which is a definitely bigger hazard than someone potentially slipping while they're cleaning the window. Windows. Right. Yeah. Just don't clean your windows. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> it's a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching I was going through uh, a story popped up from like three years ago when I was running um, the one dozer at my last company or two companies ago. And the, I was looking at them like, wow, those windows were so clean. I wish I had that kind of like drive to clean windows <laughs> still because that was like a lot of work to keep those windows clean. It's a, it's a chore. Yeah. And you and you you get into some mud or something. Yeah. You know, you, you just clean all your windows 30 minutes in to shift. Yep. You splatter the whole front of the machine with mud. Yep. And what do you do? You you stop everything and get out yeah. and clean it all again. Or? I used to go through like two or three rolls of paper towels a week. Yeah, I just clean them off the window. South Carolina. Yeah, and I was so good about like not touching the glass with my hands. Get the stuff. Fancy. Yeah. You, you I wish should, I had that kind of time again. Should carry around one of those squeegees at the gas station. I never thought of that. Would be yeah. slick. I just like paper towels. Steal one of those. Yeah. From the local Quick Trip, and there you go. True. I don't condone stealing from Quick Trips. Yeah. But could have been a solution. Quick Trip's got enough money, they can pay for another one. Or when it's really dusty, guys will just run the wipers. See, that ruins the the wipers, though. Oh, dusty. Yeah. It ruins the wipers, yes, but it keeps the dust off the windshield. Yeah. Off the window. See, I hate running wipers because I hate, like... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just hate like it gets in my way. It's like <laughs> I'd rather just not see out the window yeah. than have to watch the wiper because the wipers are so dumb on heavy equipment. It's not a very good setup. There is one company. Let me let me think of the name. This was at a logging show in 2018 because it was in Bloomsburg. Um, Barco. Barco logging equipment. They make feller brunchers and skitters. Not mm-hmm. skitters. They make feller brunchers and processors and i think forwarders Mm -hmm. they sell a machine that has what's called an air blade it has its own dedicated compressor it's at the top of your windshield and it just blows like an air dryer that's fantastic of of air all the way to the bottom of the windshield that is very cool it's the only machine i've ever seen with that if you look it up it's you can't find it on google but i think it's like a barco like 621 or some some stupid it's like a very small it's for like um selective logging or selective processing wow it's a little baby buncher 
Yeah. See, our skid steer has a wiper on it. I couldn't tell you how to work it. It's right next to the parking brake. Really? Yeah, it's the little button that has the windshield wiper. They used to be, it, it messes with me sometimes too, because the D3s, they moved them from that little, the cover. It used to be all in one. So there's a cover where the windshield wiper is. The button used to be on that, on the door. Mm-hmm. They moved it up to the parking brake because there was a dead space there. So they figured they'd use that space. So some guy said the other day, it was actually kind of a funny comment. I think he, he might have even emailed. He went out of his way to submit this comment oh, somewhere. Boy. But he said the Passion. don't make the industry bougie, you know, get the hell out of here. The industry shouldn't be bougie. Just leave us alone with our current radios. Um, and I'll sit there thinking about it. Um, I don't know about you, but I would rather be more comfortable when I'm in a piece of equipment. And you're, it, we've mm. talked a lot about this. I've talked a lot about this with Jonathan. Mm. This next generation, we're comparing these machines with our phones with new vehicles, it's not, we're not comparing machine to machine anymore. Right. And that's what bothers me about heavy equipment. The user experience, in my opinion, across the board, it's not even a brand thing. It's all terrible. Yeah. If you compare it to different categories. Right. Of things. Yeah. Like your phone, the user experience is just great. It's intuitive. It's well, simple. And you know what? Like I was thinking today, as I was going down the road, because I had just gotten out of the machine. Because I moved the machine from from Thompson up to to Tony Strong's house. Shout out Tony Strong. The monitor in the D series, cat skid steers and CTLs, has been the same for a little over ten years. Mm-hmm. Same monitor, even with the D three update, it's pretty much the same thing. And I got in the truck. We have a 2020, 2019 F two fifty twenty twenty. We have a 2020 F250 Lariat, which has the digital gauges. Mm-hmm. And you can go through there and you can make that gauge whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You can set what gauges you want. You can put whatever whatever you want in there. And I'm sitting there thinking like, man, so the heavy equipment industry is like a good decade behind the auto industry. Yes. And even then, the auto industry still kind of sucks too because that thing's got sync. And sync sucks. Totally. But you plug your phone in, you got CarPlay. And, and then that fixes everything. It fixes every problem with that vehicle's. Yes entertainment system isn't that amazing because it's the same on every vehicle i go to unless you get in my 1999 f-250 mm-hmm. which has uh, a, a tape deck <laughs> they don't get carplay in my in my super duty um but anything newer than like a 2016 or 17 has carplay now uh-huh. every rental car i get in now everything i plug my phone in i know exactly what i'm looking at it'll, it'll be a garbage mitsubishi and it'll still have carplay i'm like yeah. perfect it's just the gentrification of my my software systems, and that's but that's where which is what I want. I'd rather have gentrification of that than the rest of the world. But I know in 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 the industry, we need to attract the next generation. That's what the next generation cares about. That yeah. stuff is important. Like and how, I know how hard would it be to put CarPlay in that thing? I I, I don't need to, I don't need navigation in my skid steer, but but I would like just something some simple setup like CarPlay. Yeah, would solve all the problems that I have with that machine. And and then I got in the 306 that oh, I'm I'm actually like mad. They're going the wrong way because they're like adding technology. I have to touch like four different buttons to turn the radio down. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, they're 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 I would rather just. And that's the, the only option you have. The old at, garbage radio. At least. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like in the in the bigger excavators, at least you have the full screen. You can uh-huh. touch it and then you'll have to touch two buttons instead of like a knob and four buttons and then. I don't know if I'm in the right mode. It's so dumb. It's across the board. It's every manufacturer yeah. hasn't quite figured this out. And and jo- to Jonathan's point, which I think is spot on, he said 
I'm not worried because he's coming at it from a cat dealer perspective. I'm not worried about, uh, he said this on the podcast, I'm not worried about the other manufacturers. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about other companies like a Tesla, for example. Like what oh. Tesla did to the auto industry, mm -hmm. it wasn't Volkswagen that disrupted everything. It was this entirely new upstart company out of California right. that's now worth more than the next 10 car companies combined right. because they flipped everything on its head. Well, now and they, they want to make everything electric in 10 years, and now a damn pickup truck is going to cost us 100 grand, mm -hmm. and I got to have a special plug at my house to do it. We were so we just bought a Subaru Crosstrek, and we were looking at, um, we were looking at buying an electric car before we went with that. And I looked into the logistics of it, and I was like, "This is dumb. This is not going to work." <laughs> like we live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it just it, then we started looking into hybrids. I was like, "Okay, we'll compromise with a hybrid." It's actually worse to buy a hybrid because mm -hmm. we found a couple of plug-in hybrids that we liked. Like Audi makes one. Mm -hmm. It's like an A3. And I was like, okay, this is fine. And then I started looking at I'm like, nope, this is this Dude, is really stupid. Just the maintenance cost on something like that. Yeah. So we bought a Subaru Crosstrek and it's me, like. Give me death issues all day long yeah. over that. Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> and the Subaru is like the most reliable vehicle I'll probably ever own. It gets 40 miles per gallon if I don't step on the pedal. So, yeah. Yeah. What is your, what is your uh, truck get you? Um, like six. It's like nine or 10, I think. <laughs> it's not good. Um. I just started. I had to start. Um, I learned a new trick that I'll that I'll share with everybody. My my friend Matt Gardner. Um, he's like my go to diesel guy. He's just a seven three fanatic. So my, it sounded like I had an injector knock, which sucks because it just got new injectors in it. And I was I called Matt. And I was like, oh, what do I do? I don't I don't want to replace the injectors again. He's like, no, you have to think about it because that truck was built before ultra low sulfur diesel. Mm. and sulfur diesel had a lot of lubricants in it lubrication in it. Mm. so he's like what you got to do is every time you fill up you got to put either if if you want to spend the money you can get cheap atf so like red atf or two-stroke marine oil and just dump that in there in the gas in, in the in, in the diesel in tank. the diesel two ounces per per every gallon yeah two ounces for every gallon and it'll clear it right up two or three tanks i was like no way I'll try it, but no way. And what it does is it, it adds the oil into the fuel and it gives the top end more lubrication. Mm. And I did that. Took all the noise away. Really? Instantly. That's fantastic. Yep. And that's all it is. It's just that the new trucks are built to not have any oil in the fuel, any lubrication in the fuel. They don't mm -hmm. need it. Like our 2020 Super Duty, I can start that thing up and go right to work. So My truck's got to idle for 20 minutes before it's even happy. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a weed whacker. It's just like yeah, like a chainsaw. Much, pretty much, yeah. You gotta, you gotta get your mixture right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's annoying that I have to do that, but I'm, but that's like a lot but, of a lot of super duties. The the old seven threes and six O's aren't really making it to half a million miles like they should anymore. Also, um intelligent people don't buy those in the first place. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm don't I'm, trade in their perfectly good. F one fifties. Well, perfect, perfectly good. It pickup wasn't trucks. perfectly good. I was gonna have to spend some serious money afford <laughs> to get the the damn knock, the one yeah, that we well, just got fixed for free. Yeah, on ours. Did we get it fixed? Yeah, it's good to go until it breaks again, which it will. Good. Um. Great. But, um, built Ford tough. Put sixty thousand miles on it and sold it for two thousand dollars more than what I paid for it. So 
That'll work. Put no money into it. Um, should we should we get to questions? So should we get done with this podcast? <sighs> yeah. Is there any any news updates about the company you have to share or anything like that? Um, build the training should be out. We're super excited about that. We'll probably talk about it on a an actual podcast episode. This is um, most mostly just like a practice episode that'll probably never air. Do we we'll start with internal or dirt tone? No, internal is done. Oh, that's what, that's what Nick. Goodbye. Okay, I get it now. Okay. Dirt Talk questions submitted by an anonymous person. Um, He or she is a 29-year-old civil engineer working in water resources and roadways. Um, I'd love to get your take on how I, as an engineer, can be a better teammate to those in the field to get everyone on the same team and complete the project. Whenever I'm on site, I try to form relationships and ask the questions, what can I do to help you all make this project a reality? And what can I do to make your job easier? But it always feels as though I am fighting the negative stigma that all engineers should just pick up a shovel and learn how work is actually done. What a relevant question Mm-mm. to what we were just talking about. Yeah. The stigma of the industry. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's funny. Yeah. You need to build that relationship and the way you're going about it's clearly not working. So mm-hmm. you need to go a different path, which is why you're asking the question. So don't keep doing what you're working or what you're doing because that's not working. I think instead of coming at it from a how can I help you standpoint, mostly I would I would come at it from how can I just get to know these people? How what did you do? We've talked about this. What what did you do this weekend? What are you guys doing? Can you explain why you're using that machine? I think if you come at it from just a total sense of humility, you look like you you look the part. You're supposed to be on a job site. You're not out there in slacks and loafers looking mm-hmm. like a jabroni. You're just out there to get to know them purely not there's there's intent has a smell like Jocko has said, and that stuck with me. So there's no intent other than to just go out there and learn about the people, learn about the project, form a relationship. Once you have that built, then you can figure out how you can help them. Then you can figure out how to make a better, build a better project. Then you can figure out how to do your job more effectively, but come at it from just a, I am just going to be here to build a relationship with these people. And then I'll figure out what, what I, what I need, but I'm not going to worry about that because if you're coming at it from a, let me figure out what these people need so that I can do my job more effectively. They're not going to help you because that, that the intention is not about them. It's still about you at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. What makes it, what makes an engineer, I mean, you've dealt with engineers in the field. It's just, it's a lot of them, um, don't have, so a lot of them take their title as a sense of authority, mm-hmm. which rubs a lot of people the That's wrong way instantly. Mistake number one. Like, oh, what's this? This 20-year-old kid isn't going to tell me what to do kind yeah. of thing. Um, and a lot of them don't understand the work and because they don't want to. They just assume that they know. So you need to take the time to just wrap your head around it. If you don't understand it, ask the questions that need to be asked mm-hmm. to, to help you understand the job better. And... A lot of my interactions with, I guess, project engineers, project managers from like a GC standpoint um, have been just, you know, show up in their buggy or their pickup truck. Um, hey, what, what? Park in the way. Yep, yeah, park in the way immediately. <laughs> um, they get out with their iPad and they start looking at things like, oh, well, you know, this says you're doing it this way and I think you should do it this way. And it's like, well, okay, we'll do it. But you're going to get change order for it. Yeah. Um. So like a lot of that, you know, has to be done by the books mentality. But it's just, and even if you have that authority, it just makes it 
it just makes it abrasive day one. I'm rereading mm -hmm. Extreme Ownership. And they talked about how the SEALs came in and they could have been cocky and they could have been, we're SEALs and hey, we have all this these special tools and special training and special tactics and we're, we're better. But they recognize that, hey, we don't, we don't win strategically here if we're not on the same team as everybody. Right. So we need to dress like the other people do. They, 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 you know, SEALs, they don't necessarily have to shave or cut their hair to military regulation. Right. But that was a rule. They had to cut their hair and shave to military regulation. So they blended in with the rest of the troops they were working with. Huh. And that was something Jason Gardner on the Echelon Front team talked about. He said even if he was going to meet with someone in a different branch of the military, he would wear the uniform they wear. Hmm. He wouldn't wear his uniform. And he could, but he would wear, if it would be Army, he'd be wearing standard issue Army ACUs right? rather than the SEAL typical uniform because it's, hey, I'm, I'm here as a part of, of you. And that's the thing, engineers, and I've talked, we just talked about this on our internal podcast, and that's why I'm, I'm so, I'm always on top of our people within our business is you have to look the part. Right. Like, go buy yourself a pair of blue jeans. You want to be wearing what everyone else is wearing. You want to look like you're supposed to be on a damn job site from day one. Well, like, that's the open concept office thing. Anybody can just walk by your office and, you know, how's it going? How's yeah, but even, even if Nobody I Nobody gets nervous when you come around but kind of thing. Even if I have the best of intentions, I'm an engineer. I roll up onto your job site. I'm wearing my slacks. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing my button-down shirt, my clean vest. Are you going to want to talk to me? No, absolutely not. No, because I'm just I'm just gonna get in the way. Right. I'm just gonna give you a headache. I'm just gonna reaffirm that negative stigma engineers have. Right. If I come and look the part, I'm not gonna have grease all over my vest, but at least have a pair of blue jeans and a nice pair, you know, a good pair of work boots and look like you're supposed to be there. Yeah. You're gonna be more receptive. Yep. It's even down to the clothing. Yes. And it's just all how you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. So I guess I have like a similar experience from a different role, but I think it's relevant because a lot of these roles are perceived the same. So anything, anything above a, a field foreman to me is like, has a, a stigma attached to it. Yes. Anybody rolling around a white pickup truck or with a white hat, hard hat on is the dickhead that nobody <laughs> wants to talk to. So I went from uh, one company to another and the, I, I was, uh, I went into a role of, it was a small company, so I was doing a lot. But basically, I was like project manager, estimator, general superintendent. And I would show up on a job, and we only had like two crews, so I had like maybe six or seven guys to, to handle. But I did really well with those guys because I didn't get out of the truck and just question what they were doing immediately. Like, hey, why aren't you guys doing this? You should be doing that. Um, get to work. Go pick up that. I'd just, you know, wander over. Hey, how's it going? How's your day? Mm -hmm. If it was lunchtime, I'd bring them lunch or something. And then, you know, if I had time, I'd jump in and help them. You know, most of the time I could trust them to do the right thing. Didn't have to bark orders down their neck or something. If they were doing something wrong and I showed up on the job, you know, I would, hey, um, that's not right. We can fix it, though. And I'll show you how and I'll show you why it's wrong. And then, you know, approach it with a sense of education involved and don't. I don't know, lead by force, I guess. Yeah, but the where you started was you built a relationship. And yeah. a lot of times it's not about work. It has nothing to do with work. Yeah. And a box of donuts goes a long ways. Yeah. 
the content team should buy more people donuts. I think that they'd get more happy faces on camera. I, I have actually thought about that. We did that one time and it totally changed the dynamic. Yeah. I think Chell doesn't do it because the one time he got Duncan and nobody on the job site liked Duncan. He's like, these donuts are a waste of time. <laughs> like, you just got the wrong crew because that was a 99% chance of they success. Like, they didn't like Duncan? No, I don't. I think. Is that a big. Is there know. a rivalry? Is Dun- does Duncan have a well, like you go Tim to, Hortons? You go to New England and everybody's a Duncan. You can't find a Starbucks anywhere. Oh, dude. Duncan is a religion out in New England. So. I remember I grew up going out there as a kid, and that was before Duncan was really across the country. And it was like you had to go to Dunkin' Donuts. I wish I could remember where that was that that happened. But anyway. Um, donut talk. Donut talk. All right. Do we have another question? We do. Somebody named Skip. Or maybe I'm supposed or, to skip, maybe skip the question. Skip this one, but um, we'll, we'll find out. But I don't know why you would have put it in the paper. <laughs> um, I like this question. If you were to go back to working directly in the dirt world, what job would you want to do? That's a great question. Track loader operator. You would be a track loader operator. Yep. I've I. Which size? Uh, nine fifty three. Oh, you'd go smaller. Yep, because you could do whatever. Do a little bit more. Yeah. Seventy three is too much machine. No, you're kind of limited. You can't. Like a 53 can still load a triaxle and you can take a basement. And yep. You can do whatever you want with that. Demolition. Yep. 53. There's one at Thompson. First hey, Thompson machinery. Really? Did you get a next gen? Yeah. It's the first 953 next gen I've seen in person. Oh, really? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a few of them. No, you've seen a K with a new sticker on it. <laughs> I was just at Yancey and they had two of them. Oh, really? And that is, that is track loader territory. Oh, I, I couldn't like remember where Yancey was for a second, but they're in Georgia. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there that's track loader territory. Apparently sure. everybody has a track loader in Georgia. I don't, it's it's a regional thing. I don't get it. They're not big in Tennessee. There's a couple there's more here than I've seen in South Carolina. There's more here, but yeah, it's Which is weird because there's so much rock here. I know. That's why they're they wouldn't be that. That one at that one at Thompson's special though, because it's got a four in one bucket and then it's got um oh. it's got demo screens. So I think oh. a demo company might be picking it up. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I'd do that. I'd, I'd run a track loader because, um, I don't know, I'd probably get like a job offer like once a week from some company and it's yeah. like, hey, come come work here. I'm like, no. Do you think you could, okay. go, you, could, you could operate consistently well, on the that's, same, that, same job? Well, that's where, I'd, that's where I'm going with that is that like, I don't. Like owner operator track loader? No, there's enough companies out there that would need a 953. Um. That's a lot of what I did for Mushlets. Yeah. I was track loader and scraper guy. Yeah, but the, the but problem problem is with this job, you've seen a lot of things. That's what I'm that's what that's it would be hard, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't I don't think I'd want to do like any sort of leadership or supervisor role because I'd just like, all right, I'm just gonna go hibernate on the track loader for a while. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Hopefully I don't have to do that. Hopefully. I mean if you wanted to. You find a job pretty quick. Yeah. That's okay. I'm mm-hmm. good. Probably be back here. Like Jay said, I'm soft now. Yeah, that's okay. Jay Jay's still a tough guy because he's still doing night shift every once in a while. I might do night shift next week. Where? Pennsylvania. With? Uh, CH Cornell company I was hanging out with last week. Oh, really? He's doing barricades. So I would just unload barricades for like eight hours. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Pays there. I would would start a company. (sighs) Yeah. I thought about that, too. Like, yeah. Or try to be... One day I could probably go back to work for myself, but... Like, 
senior leadership at a bigger company, but I think I would just start a company. Yeah. I'd, I'd be a grading contractor. Build the, problem, grading. the problem is the market is just so flooded with everybody wanting to do the same thing. It's very flooded, but from what we've seen, we have an advantage. And from a social media presence, branding yeah. presence, uh, relationship presence, we would be able to. Okay. I guess that's a different scenario. I, w- just thinking, I wouldn't do it in Middle Tennessee. Absolutely not. There's no way I would do it here. I, w- I just said that to my dad the other day. I was like, I was, I was uh, pushing mud for that event that we were talking about before. And he's like, what are you up to? I'm like, I'm getting pissed off. <laughs> he's like, why? Because this is the worst dirt I've ever spent my life with. Uh, like, I've been in a lot of places and I've touched a lot of dirt. That is it some, it's just like slop. It's yeah. the same stuff I deal with in South Carolina, but it's got rock mixed in. The yeah. worst rock you'll ever imagine. Yeah. It sucks. I would, I would do it in Arizona. Yeah. Year-round work. It's really Basically good. Basically the same climate all year. Really good earth moving. Yeah. Really good dirt work out there. Get you some scrapers and buy yourself an earth moving company. That's it. Yeah. Buy myself two uh, clapped out 631s. Yep. Yep. And an open cab D9. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> An open cab D9 at auction from California. Yeah. And just let her rip. Yeah. Get some rattle cans, paint them different farm animal. Yeah. Themes. Um, Garrett, Garrett suggested that we paint um, the potential new mini as a flamingo. That would be good. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Paint, we, I want to save the, I want to save the rest of the, the bigger farm animals for the bigger machines. Gotcha. Yeah. So flamingo is still a dainty, smaller animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, that was, good, that was a good suggestion. Cows are a sizable, sizable animal. It weighs about the same as a two fifty nine skid steer, though. A cow weighs the same as a two fifty nine. Yeah, give or take like seventy five hundred pounds. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a really fat cow. I think dimensionally they're about the same. It's corn fed. I think a cow might be about a foot longer than this two fifty nine. You know, skid steers are really tall. Like, if you compare them to a pickup truck, for example. Yeah. Like, you don't think about it as a big machine, but you compare it to a pickup truck, you're like, that's that's dimensionally a a pretty sound, stout machine. Yeah. It's like a lifted F-250 with a six-inch lift. Have you seen where there's a little cut into the front visor? Yeah, I've seen that. It was from flipping it over. No, that's where I caught a power line when I I was in Kentucky. A downed power line. Oh, or like electrocuted the machine. No, no, no. Wait, so like was, while you're driving was, on the road? It was down. It was cut. My truck passes through it. The skid steer, it was just low enough where it catches on it, and it stops my truck. Holy and I shit. nearly shit my pants. Oh, I didn't hear that story. And I get out, and I look, and I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. My skid steer is caught up in a power line right now. And this guy drives up in a Jeep. He gets out. He's a sheriff but just in a in his personal Jeep, mm-hmm. has a pair of bolt cutters. He just gets up there, snaps Whoa. the snaps the power lines of the bolt cutters. All right, have a good day. Wow. And I just get my machine drive off like, holy shit. I cannot a, believe that just happened. You must have a good life insurance policy going around snipping power lines. Well, th- that's what, there were so many down power lines. They were just, that's how they, that's the only thing they could do. Like the whole power grid was knocked out. Crazy. So there was, nothing was live. So they were just rolling around with bolt cutters, cutting all the power lines out of the way. I was wondering how that happened, and I couldn't figure out how you would have done it by rolling the machine over because it went backwards. That makes more sense now. Yeah, that was a, a power Stop line. Stop messing stuff up. Yeah. 
It could have been way worse. It could have Everything been way Everything you do could have been way worse. I hear yeah, that like once a I, week now. I know. It could have been way worse. <laughs> yeah, no shit. It could have been That's the story of an amateur running equipment who's never been around equipment before. It is a lot of learning and a lot of bad things can happen. It's okay. We have so much money. We can just keep fixing the mistakes. Oh, we just have a just good insurance policy. Throwing money at it. I haven't seen our premiums lately, but I would be afraid to look. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in to this absolutely garbage episode of Dirt Talk with my temporary co-host, Eric Jumper. Garbage makes money, so <laughs> I don't is, care. That is true. Um, we appreciate everybody listening in. Uh, if you have questions, send them to dirttalkatbuild.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions, um, if you want to talk shit about us, feel free. Dirttalkatbuild.com. Love to hear from you. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Stay dirty, everybody. And uh, Alex will be back, hopefully. Stay tuned. Goodbye.